2: Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101
1: ESPN. Yes, welcome to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett, one hour. Going to make the best of it today, I think. I think we are. You can text in 65780. Jackson is the judge and jury for our ticket giveaway for Matley Crew. Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett, coming up six days. Six days away. Yep. And you're going.
0: I will not be there, but it uh, sounds like a good time.
1: Is that right?
0: Yeah, Tuesday night. What's your
1: favorite uh, song from the 4X?
0: Uh, Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue. Mm. But it's Tuesday night concerts tough for me. You know, you get up early, it's tough to like really enjoy yourself. Because if I'm going to go to a concert, I'm going to stay out late, I'm going to have some libations, I'm going to really get into it. It's kind of tough to do that when you have to get up at Four thirty, five o'clock the next morning. I understand. Yeah, if the concert were on Saturday,
1: I might be yeah, there. It's I it's a different I'm, story. I'm dead serious. Uh, tickets are on sale now for Motley Crue and Def Leppard coming this summer uh, to Bush Stadium. Cheer just in six days. You can also find a bonus chance to re- win free tickets now at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 ESPN. Mobile app today, here on our show, we will be giving away tickets. Jackson, the judge and jury, 65780 is how you can text in and compete and see if uh, you can appeal to Jackson's sensibilities. It's tough to get inside the head of somebody so privileged, but see if you can do it. Six, five, seven, eight, zero. Does Jackson do anything fun? Jeez, that's from the 314. I do. There's a 2010 movie titled The Losers. Without seeing it, I know it's about the two of you. That's from the 636. Jackson, you were 12.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, this guy's a comedy genius. Um, uh-oh,
1: Jackson's, uh-oh, Jackson's showing that a jab hit him early on, and now the now the punchers are going to come in fast and well, furious. You know, it was now softer, softer
0: than I thought it was, but it's kind of hit me right in the rib. and It stunned you a bit. A l- little bit, just a little bit, but uh, I do some things fun. I think I'm going to go to the Cardinal game tonight.
1: Jackson, I love the NBA. It's my favorite sport ever, and I only listen to Balloon Party for your NBA updates and takes. Thanks for
0: a few and far between, so... <laughs> Uh, the
1: Cardinals winning uh, last night, uh, beating the Marlins. Comeback victory. How do you do, yeah, Cardinals, with a comeback victory last night over the Marlins? They will try to make it three in a row today when uh, they go up against former Cardinal. Sandy Alcantara, and then uh, with Palante on the mound as the Cardinals try to improve to 10 games over 500 try to keep pace with the Brewers in the National League Central. They trail Milwaukee by one-half game. Cardinals at 43-34, and 34, Brewers at 43-33, and 33, and uh, they both are comfortably up on the third-place team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have lost uh, five in a row and are in third place despite being 29 and 45.
0: Giving that their best effort, though, Tim.
1: Uh, just to give you an idea, if the Cardinals were in the American League East, um, they would be tied for first, but the Red Sox are in third place, whereas the Pirates... Are in third place, 16 games under 500. So I don't know if they're going to turn it around in time this year, but I know they're giving it all, and then I respect that. Right. Thank you, yeah. thank you right. to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, you're welcome to text into the show. You're welcome to leave a mic drop. I say it. Jackson won't play it. Uh, you can use the 101 ESPN app to do so. It's brought to you by Rhino Shield. This time check, brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It is 10:08 in St. Louis, and we welcome you to participate in the program. Uh, the question that uh, you asked here for today's show which I think opens up a kind of a, a two-pronged approach to the discussion is involving both The clubhouse, the culture of the clubhouse, and then media, and then really, I think, for current discussion, social media. And you ask this query. You pose this question. You've spoken before about how when you would go interview players in the clubhouse, it took you time to realize that you were, in a sense, bothering them while they were at work. After working in sports media for over two decades and getting to know athletes, what do you think would be some of pro athletes' biggest complaints about the media? How do you think these complaints about the media have changed or evolved in the age of social media? And what do you think the media can do to, quote, right some of these wrongs for lack of a better phrase? Uh, so there is your query. I guess I'll start here with talking with the audience. What is your perception, and I will make it a two-pronged question, cool. of media in general in 2022 versus, let's just take it back to 2000. Let's not go back to 1980 or anything like that. Let's try to, 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 to encompass as many people as we possibly can by going back just 22 years ago. And what is your perception of it now? And then what is your perception? And there's no wrong answer because this is your own perception of media in 20, sports media in 2022 versus sports media In 2000, I can certainly speak better to the latter because I have been in it since uh, 1999. Little Rock, Arkansas, KTHV, also known as today's THV, Mm. covering the Razorbacks and the Arkansas Travelers, which were the Cardinals double A team. You know who's on that team? I'll give you three seconds. I only have three seconds. I don't have a lot of time. One, two. No, that's not a bad
0: guess, though. Yeah, I had to shoot the score. Stubby clap. Oh, of course. How could I have missed that one? Hell of a first base coach,
1: and there was a chant at the ballpark where if you hit a home run, it went out onto the interstate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Classic architecture.
1: (laughs) San Francisco, you hit a home run, it goes out into the bay, and Little Rock, you hit a home run, it goes out into the interstate. (laughs) Heads up! (laughs) Heads heads up on I forty. Watch this, stubby, clap. Stubby clap. It's not as Wonderful. rhythmic as you
0: think it would be. That's great.
1: <laughs> uh so that uh that is something I can speak to with a little bit more insight. And I think the first thing I would say, and I don't think this is revisionist history, is there is less accountability for being wrong. Mm. In 2022, than there was in 2000. Okay. Um, and I think that speaks to the second part of your question, which is social media, which you can just throw things out there. So, and then not, not necessarily attribute. Now, some people go out of their way to attribute. Right. And then some people will be embarrassed that they didn't get the story first. And then get defensive, and it becomes a whole thing.
0: Yeah, that was kind of my question. Is Do you think that's kind of a a, a chase to see who can get it first, like a yes. try to scoop people? And so,
1: therefore, being first becomes the priority, whereas being accurate Great. becomes secondary.
0: Gotcha. Whereas it should be, as it's taught in journalism school, the opposite.
1: Now, with regards to what you just brought up, which is journalism school, uh-huh. journalism school is idealistic. It is not real. Sure. And I say that because, um, similar to saying getting an education, it is a it is a it's a business mm-hmm. and it's profitable, and you could win all kinds of awards. But if you are actually bringing dollars to the parent company's bottom line, you have more value than the person who's winning the awards. If they are not creating revenue. That is something that we were not taught at the University of Missouri Journalism School, I assure you, and it is something that I would tell any young person who, for whatever reason, would want to pursue this, uh, that you can do incredible work, but if you are not mobilizing an audience that leads to tangible return on investment for advertisers, you, sir, you, lady, will never ever make any money in this business and you'll have terrible hours and you'll get into your 30s with no marketable job skills beyond this industry and you will be trapped you will be trapped in despair
0: you paint a wonderful picture
1: <laughs> i tell the people the truth and you know i speak the truth well, i seen media so that's that's what the real deal is. And why is that relevant to the listener? Because if you are watching or if you are reading something and it is portrayed as being honest by its outlet or potentially by journalism as a whole, whether it be sports or news or politics or whatever, realize that what you're going to get is not what is most honest. You are going to get what makes the most money. And so therefore, the whole process is flawed a boring, ugly person doing television news is not going to get hired. Mm-hmm. If you if you can think of one, point them out to me. They might be out there. They're probably working in market 150. Yeah. But I'm just telling you that's the game. So to apply it to sports media, which was the way that I laid it out as far as a two-part question goes, what I would tell you is there is a whole lot more of it and so since the competition is higher because the supply is higher, then oftentimes you will find people trying to be the most bombastic so as to get attention, whether that be on social media or on a podcast, so as to get into a position where they can get one of the handful of jobs that actually allows them to live above the poverty line. Mm-hmm. and that. My friends, is the business. You might not like it, but I've been doing it for more than two decades, and I'm telling you that is just the way it is. Bruce Hornsby? I think it was Bruce Hornsby. Bruce Hornsby. Bruce Hornsby. And then Pac sampled it, I think.
0: Mm, mm. 1993?
1: Yeah, Tony LaRusse and I got an argument over that.
0: It's <laughs> a sentence I never thought I'd hear. You and Tony LaRusse got an argument about Tupac's song.
1: <laughs> well, for, uh, he was on the show from Spring Training when. One morning, and uh, and I believe Martin Kilcoyne brought up Mark the Bird Fidrich. Do you know who that is? I do not. Okay, my memory on all of this stuff starts in 1982, sure. and I'm very forthright about that. Yep. If you're going to go 81, 80, 79, 78, I got nothing for you. <laughs> but if you go 82 and afterwards, good chance I'm dangerous. Yeah. And then Tony's like, I can't believe you're doing a show and you don't know who the bird is. <laughs> and I go, oh, I doubt you know who Tupac is. And he goes. The hell I don't. He sampled horns. (laughs) (laughs) And we're having this quote-unquote argument in the Cardinal Clubhouse, and as confused as you appear to be right now, you can imagine what the players, (laughs) (laughs) as they watch their manager argue with me over Tupac and Bruce Hornsby. Right. But that is what happened, and it all was rooted in Mark the Bird, Fidrich, Bruce Hornsby, and Tupac. So Jackson, from my perspective, it isn't going to get better, mm-hmm. uh, it, but it is what the way that it is at the moment. And I, I suppose until somebody were to go, oh, that is slanderous, that is libelous, and then actually take somebody to court, I don't know what will change it. Because, again, there's no repercussion for it. Right. Or somebody were to get fired for it. Mm. Uh, now, with that said, the other side of it, presenting the positive— The other side of it is people who do love the craft and aren't necessarily worried about making a great amount of money have so many different outlets and they're not restricted by uh, print that they can write throughout the day. Mm -hmm. They can tweet if they would like to and not like argue with people, but actually tweet uh, information and perspective uh, posted on a variety of different sites, whether it be their parent company site or otherwise and do it for the love of the game. But the issue is the business is wonderful when you're in your 20s. When I was in my 20s and doing TV, I'm like, my God, the Blues won the President's Trophy, the Cardinals are in the NLCS, the Rams are in the Super Bowl, Missouri's in the Elite Eight, um, Missouri football beat Nebraska, and they started to come alive in 2003. All these things were happening. But then it gets to a point where you go, oh, this is going to be my life, working nights and weekends and, and holidays And there's no real opportunity to make a lot more money. And that is how people either get out of the business or they then potentially can turn to the dark side and do some things that might not necessarily be honest or just more theatrical. Sure. And not mean it. Right.
0: Try to get their name out there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hear that.
1: You know, just the have a take and yell about the take, even right. if you really don't feel strongly about it. That yeah. that game. Mm-hmm. And that is the game that right now is being financially rewarded. Yeah, And you yeah. can pick, whether it be sports, you can pick politics, just be theatrical and, you know, never acknowledge that you were wrong. So that, to me, is my observation on it. Jackson, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think kind of what you're saying is, like, the opportunity is out there for so many different ways to conduct Media and sports podcasts are obviously extremely popular. Radio, very popular. Writing, all that stuff you can do. Um, but well, like, there are a lot of podcasts, but there aren't a lot of popular podcasts. Sure, sure. But for every
1: one for every one thousand podcasts, you might have one that actually brings in money.
0: Right, right. But there's a lot of creative ways one can cover sports. Correct. Uh, some c- but comes- can
1: one do it for a living?
0: Right. And it's rare. And there's gotta be, you has got to have the special blend of talent and some kind of financial wherewithal to combine those two and then make it happen. But it's tough to toe the line between how can I make money and also do it in an honest manner. You know, it's it's rare. And we kind of touched on that a week or two ago, that like subtlety isn't what pays the bills. It's the over-the-top bombastic takes that you were talking about. And that, it's kind of disheartening, but also once you know that that's the case, you kind of take every one of those with a grain of salt and you seek out. You have to go seek out. That's cr- I agree with you, that. You have to go seek out the ones who you know aren't doing it for clicks or aren't doing it for anything like that. They're doing it because they have the passion for journalism and for, most, more importantly, sports. So it's, it's difficult in that sense because what's going to be put right in front of your face is going to be the former, the bombastic, over-the-top, hot takes. But if you search it out, there's some really solid people covering sports out there right now.
1: Uh, guys, the poster child is Skip Bayless. And Skip Bayless, I don't know exactly what he's making, but I believe it's well into the the millions. Yeah, seven um, you know, but, but but he's not the only one. He's not no. uh, by any means the only one. Yeah. So from my standpoint, that would be if you are a player, you ask that question. What would players ask for? Um, I, I would imagine, though, honestly, I think a lot of them just tune it out. Yeah, like I saw Brooks Kepka talking yesterday at that incredible press conference with him and the delightful P. Reed and uh, Pat Perez. And he said, yeah, you know, with regards to Roy McElroy criticizing me, honestly, I didn't even know about it till yesterday. And with some people, I'd say, yeah, that's probably not true with him. I just don't think I, I just can't picture him really caring or being aware of it until somebody brought right. it up. Right, right. And so it just depends. You have a job to do, and it becomes noise. Like, I know the places I can go where I can go read horrible things about myself. Mm-hmm. And so after a while, you go, Oh, I'm just not going to go there. Right. And I'm not going to read it. Mm-hmm. If it's made up and comes with ill intent, why would you spend time with it? Right. But it does, be, it, it kind of takes time to train yourself mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So if you perform, that's, that's the jury. Um, and and so from that standpoint, I don't know how many players really spend that much time on it. Yeah. I, so
0: yeah, I, I don't think that they,
1: I don't, I really don't know what the, I don't, I really don't know what players would complain about because when I'm picturing my time with, you know, being in there every day or certainly three out of four days, um, did they enjoy it? No. And I'm thinking baseball more because, again, that's every single day for six months. But most would do it, and they all came from the Bull durham not they all, but a lot of them came from the Bull Durham School of We're Not Going to Say yeah, Anything because answers. there's no upside.
0: Yeah. Right, right.
1: And I remember in one-on-one I did with Barry Bonds, he laid that out for me. And because it was coming from Barry Bonds, I think some people dismissed it. But when he was saying it, I'm going, God, he kind of makes sense. He goes, I'm doing this for free. And if I say something wrong, I get in trouble about it, and then people hate me. So why would I do something that I get nothing out of and I could possibly expose to, to damages? Now, yeah. I remember taking that and then talking with Mark McGuire about it. I said, how do you feel? Because he at the time wasn't big in doing interviews. And he goes, I disagree with that, but the reason I disagree with it is it's part of our responsibility to communicate with the fans. Mm-hmm. And that was saying something coming from McGuire, who certainly did not enjoy his media 1998 experience.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know where I stand on that, like, from an athlete's perspective. Like, do you have an obligation to speak to the media and speak to the fans, or are you paid to simply play the game? And everything after that is a, essentially a gift to the fans.
1: Well, if you're a fan, would you rather have a guy who's great with the media or a guy who performs?
0: Obviously. Well, okay. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. And then if
1: you're the organization, which is where the money's coming from, what would you rather have? Right. So, you know, ideally you get both. Right. But, you know, I mean, Paul Goldschmidt will be the first one to say. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, not, he's not an ass by any means no. about it. He, no. If anything, he's kind of apologetic about it. But he's having an MVP season. But he has zero interest. Nor is I, I think I just don't think he's really comfortable. It's just not his style. He's a sure. baseball guy who yeah. has zero interest in the, the jackassery. Right. Arenado's
0: kind of similar in the sense. Not as closed. Not I don't want to say closed off, but he's more open. Well, Goldsmith's
1: just an introvert. Right. You can't yeah. penalize somebody no. for for what their nature is, especially and, if they're you know, yeah, raking, kind in it. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. he's yeah. kind about it. He's yeah. just he's just not his thing. Yeah. We got done doing an interview one time. I think it might have been two years ago at spring training. And he could tell I was trying to go into some, you know, like he had bought uh, Louis Oustazen's house. Oh, that's right. In, yeah. uh, I don't know if it was Jupiter, or Palm Beach Gardens or whatever. And we were just kind of joking around. He goes, I'm sorry. I know you probably wanted more. I just can't really do that. <laughs> I go, hey, man, I can't do what you do. Right. And I'd much rather be able to do what you do. Uh, so there it is. 65780. Your thoughts are welcome here on Balloon Party. It's 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Yes, yes. Let me tell you something, Jackson. There's a gentleman texting in who firmly believes Eric is a conspiracy against his mic traps that he's leaving that you won't play. And I am on his side.
0: Oh. Huh. So.
1: That was the sound of exasperation. <laughs> it was subtle,
0: but uh, I picked up. Uh, them. Let me go take a look in the inbox of it. I haven't seen them. We get there's a lot, but not all of them. Actually, I'm going to really rephrase that. Almost none of them are are meant for us. They're oh, meant is for that right? Who are they meant for? Randy, Michelle, B.K. And Ferrario. Uh, guys well, that's good. it's line. a
1: self-fulfilling prophecy. If people leave a mic drop and they don't get the mic drop played, they will stop leaving the mic drops That's for the show. been
0: the plan the whole time. You sabotage the mic drops. Well, apparently, not effectively enough. This guy keeps leaving them.
1: <laughs> uh, guys, I wish your show was three hours. It's great stuff. Thank you. How about that, Jackson?
0: I, I appreciate the sentiment. I mean, I don't. That's like one out of someone probably just told me I
1: stink. So uh, let's see. Does Jackson wear a shooting sleeve in his rec league?
0: No. No, buckets like this don't need a shooting sleeve.
1: I, I stand with the listener, uh, audio postcard submitter Jackson. Quit blocking freedom,
0: <laughs> <Yep>.
1: freedom <laughs> I'd blocker. Like, I'd like to, I'd like that to be the text of the day. All right, for the, for the Motley Crew. Well, I mean, don't just don't just take it. I mean, there's there's a hundred in there, but yeah.
0: I mean, it's certainly the leader in the clubhouse. Every other text today is stunk. Wow! What are you turning into? Like, are you
1: doing a heel character thing? (laughs) Controversial host. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. New, 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 new world order. New world order. Why does Jackson hate the listeners?
0: Why the listeners hate me?
1: Because these mouth-breathing dorks think anyone wants to hear their mic drops. Idiots. That's from Beer Cats, and now Beer Cats is here on our program, arguing with the listeners.
0: Wow! Well, little crossover action. The team Tim,
1: tell people they have to select one of you guys above the record button before they post their drop. All right, there you go. Please select one of us above uh, the record button before yeah. you post your mic.
0: Drop. I left the mic drop. Yeah, you did. You did. On my day you played off. Too. Yeah, I'm glad to be one of 50 percent of the mic drops played. That's correct. Yeah, well, Rocky was in it.
1: Rocky plays mic drops.
0: Rocky is very good at what he does. So, what are you trying to say about yourself? Not very good at what I do. <laughs>
1: uh you're welcome to continue to send in text 65780 uh we were discussing um baseball and in in particular media and how it has changed over the years and uh whether or not uh, your trustworthiness of the media specific to sports and then also just overall and uh, man we got a lot of responses to that i gotta scroll down to uh get to them uh, a lot of people feel uh, my perspective is that the media was our connection with the team, but now with social media and internet, they are not needed as much. Uh, that is from the 618. The media is as big a part of the MLB as the players. Without them, we have no idea what's going on with the team or anything about the players. They are salary men who realize it's just part of the game. That is from the 618. My biggest complaint of sports media is that we only get one hour of balloon party the actual radio. That's from the 636. Jackson, that's two compliments. I know. Like this is off-brand, and I'm yeah, uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, very uncomfortable. Uh, right
1: media now. in general in 2022 versus 2000 is garbage. Nothing but clickbait and sensationalism. That's from the 636. So to, to, I, I think I think a lot of people would probably agree with that, but I wonder if we are being nostalgic about the media in 2000. Yeah. And, I, and honestly, my, my, my truthful perspective on it is I don't know, uh, because I can't take myself back to there. I know we didn't have Twitter then. I know we didn't have Facebook then. Um, hell, I didn't have MySpace then. Uh, I know the big things. I can remember this, because I was at KMOV during the 2000 presidential election, and that night in November was the first time I'd heard the word blog used so much. I wow. was talking about their blog mm-hmm. in the 2000 election. And, uh, and of course that's an election that wound up going on for a couple of months, but, uh, that, that, that may have been, you know, that might've been, that might've been as far as media overall, not sports media, but media overall, that might've been a moment in time that you would put on the timeline as far as a, uh, rift in the trust between the public and the media. Yeah. Um, yeah. because you had, uh, I don't recall exactly, I think Dan Rather had some kind of episode and. Uh, I don't know if all the networks called one state one way and then it wound up going the other way, but that element of it, you know specific to sports media though as I talk about sports media um i just i again i don't I don't think there is intentional you know slanting of stories as as I would say with regards to political discussion in twenty twenty two so much as if you are younger in the business and you see what's making money, it's not necessarily just reporting. It's some semblance of sensationalism. So, you know, it depends on what your goal is. If you just love covering a team, and here's the bigger issue, and this this kind of goes into just economics, the bigger issue is many of these, these companies in general are experiencing such substantial, and have experienced some substantial declines in revenue Yeah. Since 2000, Mm -hmm. that staffs get smaller and therefore people are taking on more responsibility and the coverage is not what the reader, for example, was used to 22 years ago. And I think that is something. Um, Your mom worked at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Yep. Uh, you know, the the staffs get smaller. Yeah, I worked in well, local yeah. television. We had, when I was at KMOV, it was Steve Savard, the sports director, Doug, Doug Vaughn, and myself. And we had two producers and an editor. Wow. And, and, and then we would do an hour-long show on Sunday nights. Right. And Doug Vaughn, who I work with and do in doing TMA, uh, by the time he hasn't done a sports cast in a year, but, uh, you know, by the time he was done, he was... The producer, the anchor, the reporter, and the mm-hmm. editor, and so he, he would have to come in at whatever time—I don't know, noon or one—to do a ten-thirty PM show and put everything together himself. That's crazy. That is the business, yeah. and you know, it's 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 a case of I think stations are well, certainly st- stations have experienced declines in revenue or declines in margins, and so therefore. Uh, you see declines in staff sizes. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a different animal. But how many people who are in their 20s go, oh, good, it's 620. I'll go get my sports now. Right. And I'll turn it on. It's
0: antiquated, in a sense. Right.
1: So that has changed. So I, I think it's important to include the circumstances when having the conversation because it oftentimes isn't malicious, uh-huh. it's a byproduct of. Whether one would call it an evolution or a regression that in part is because of technology and is in part because of economics that leads to it just not being what it once was. And then you see a change and some people automatically default to, oh, they must be doing something to mess with people. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that is the case.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think you kind of discussed it before with instant gratification, how much of that plays into it now with social media Where news comes out as soon as you want to hear the news immediately you want it as soon as it happens and a lot of times there's things that happen right afterwards or something you missed if you're watching it live that you're reporting on that might not be true but you got it's the the key is getting it out quicker than everyone else getting to it getting the clicks faster but on the other side there's a lot of advantages to having tech the technology we have i mean access like you've never seen before you know players have phones players become their own journalists in a sense and players have kind of become media in, in a sense as well and I, and I get
1: what you're saying but i'm going to res- I'm gonna respectfully disagree because to me there's a difference between journalism as my definition okay. of it would be and a player filtering that's not journalism it's it's certainly video right. or it's content right. which is a you know been a buzzword now for a few years but uh, it's not it's not reporting sure. w- one of the things that has become incredibly in vogue and I don't know who the first person to do it was um, I suppose you could theoretically say the last dance although I don't think it was the first is these legacy vanity projects right. that are portrayed as being documentaries when in reality the subject has total control over it
0: right yeah it's that's a that's a part of it that Yeah, that's not journalism or that's not a documentary, a journalistic documentary by any means. Like you said, it's a vanity project. Um, To to
1: frame a legacy when one is— And frame your own narrative, which
0: in a sense, I mean, if if, if you don't, someone else will, and I would want control over my own legacy.
1: Guys, in the early 2000s, you would maybe see stepfathers walk out to the end of their driveway to grab a copy of the post in their robes. Maybe that'll come back. Thanks. I really hope.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. They're, I think we do romanticize, you know, years before, but that's something I hope comes back to.
1: Your thoughts on that, 65780, Air Comfort Service text line. Your show is so good and so informative. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. This Lisa. Yeah, she says so sweet. This is sweet. That Lisa makes you comfortable looking at the text inbox, and then you start getting a little, you start peacocking around a little bit and going, you know what, I'm going to read a few more texts, and then I watch your shoulders sulk.
0: Yeah, they always say, golfers always talk about being even keel. You know, you make a birdie, you feel the same as when you make a bogey. I gotta learn to do that. Read a Lisa text and read someone calling me an idiot. Just <laughs> Tim, gotta stay the same.
1: I often enjoy watching my sports nightly at 6:20 p.m. whilst devouring my Hungry Jack on a Davenport. Thanks, that's from the five seven three. That's
0: another entry into text of the day.
1: Yeah. That thing's live. You might have posted a number. And the conditions are getting rough out there, so it might hold. Uh, clickbait, art, clickbait articles and hot take opinions became the norm instead of reporting on teams and leagues. I'll ask. I'll pose this question. I like to pose questions to the audience. Yeah. When did that happen? When do you think that happened? And I'm asking, and I'm not. I'm not asking like as a trivia. Like here, I have the answer. Here's. <laughs> I, I'm legitimately curious as to when it happened. Because what I always say with regards to when people complain about whether it be this is who we have to choose from in an election or this is what we have to choose from in media, if it didn't win enough votes or if it wasn't profitable, it wouldn't exist or he or she would not be in the spot to win a general election. In other words, we might not like it, but the people are getting what the people want. Now, there has not been a moment in my life Where I've gone, oh, sweet, it's 10 o'clock. I can now turn on Stephen A. Smith and see what's doing. But there are obviously enough people who do that he is making whatever it is that he's making. And so that is that's there. But that is that is based on the market dictating. That is what the people want. So the people get what the people want. Now, it might not be you listening to this at this particular moment, but I'm just telling you that that's there. So my question is, when did that come to fruition? It's weird, and I'm not not doing this to point fingers at all. I'm just trying to think in my own memory bank when it changed specific to sports. And I feel like Jim Rome's show played a role in it. Uh, And I know someone maybe say the Jim Rome, Chris Everett. Oh, yeah. Our room, Jim Everett, when he called him Chris Everett. <laughs> I
0: apologize. You kind of want to take a station break. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm going to issue an apology. Good morning. This is 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. And earlier on Balloon Party, I made an unfortunate comment regarding the name of former Los Angeles Rams quarterback Jim Everett. I mistakenly called him Chris. I apologize to Jim and his family and anybody who was offended by my comment. Thank you. Yeah. How was that? How was that apology? I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have
0: to grill it on social media, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, put that put that out to the dog. You the will be ratioed, sir. I think I'll be ratioed.
1: Yeah, I feel like that could have been. A, I don't know, but that's the thing. Yeah. Was pardon the interruption? Pardon the interruption was more, and it's still going, mm-hmm. lighthearted.
0: Yeah, and it was all about like quick, like let's like let's yeah. cover everything in 30 minutes,
1: but not necessarily accurately
0: or comprehensively by any means. Right. But you know, I think that's a I think that's way different than like what a first take later became i don't i don't necessarily think first take is a child of pti okay in, in i see what
1: you're saying i, I, I respect that yeah i well, no, no your theories are welcome 65780 tim mckernan action jackson with you this is balloon party on 101 espn
2: we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
1: Yes, 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 yes. Hey, let me ask you a question here. Ooh, yeah. Do we have two segments left? Yeah,
0: that's right. Oh boy. Time management has been
1: rough. Yesterday I was so good too. Rock solid. Boy, golf's a funny game, isn't it? Yeah. After the You're hitting all the fairways and all the greens and then all right, I'm gonna go low today and then you go in and you look at the clock and you go, It's ten forty seven and I think you just did a sports center update, which is usually at ten thirty. Theoretically, in theory, it would be at 10.30. I realize on this show it's closer to 10.40, but but sweet mother of (laughs) pearl, it was at 10.47.
0: Uh, During the first segment, I was like, well, this one's getting away from us today.
1: (laughs) If you get me a topic that I go on, Jackson and I recorded the 500th episode of my podcast last night. Jackson was all excited. Well, all excited is probably overstating it, but he was comforted. By knowing that we had a meeting with the sales staff at right. 2 p.m. and we started at like 12:45, right. and he's like, "Good, this sob can't <laughs> go longer than an hour and 15 minutes." Yep. And then we got to two o'clock for the salesman. I go, "You're gonna have to pause. I got more." <laughs> and then we come back, and uh,
0: I think we only did another hour after that. Yeah, what
1: episode is that? 500 is in the books. It's in the books. It's, the it's out there Show for podcast. the people. It's out there for the people. Uh, Let's see what we got. I don't know what this is. I kind of, can't tell if it's satire, so it's really well played because usually I feel like I got an idea when it is. Shout out to the Brentwood Blue Devils. They went undefeated this season. They brought in a select team last night to compete, but we put them down 6-2 in the fourth. However, the boys rallied winning and closing an undefeated season with the 12-6
0: final. Congrats to the Blue Devils of Brentwood.
1: Every day here on 101 ESPN's Balloon Party we'll highlight a local little league team and their accomplishments in overcoming adversity. So parents, send those in to six five seven eight zero.
0: Yes. That's that should be our like thing is the home of, of of youth baseball here in St. Louis.
1: Wow, Jackson, the whole city of St. Louis collectively did not give an F about that NBA report. Literally, honestly, I wasn't paying attention. What did you do?
0: Oh, well, the Wizards are getting Will Barton and Monte Morris. From the Nuggets, giving up Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Ish Smith, KCP's an NBA champion,
1: folks. Oh, I think there are people who tune into the program for your Sports Center updates.
0: I don't see how you couldn't. They're must-listen radio. <laughs> it was great too. I mean, I don't know. Actually, I can't tell who won that trade. Hey,
1: Piddles. Yo, do you know the Wimbledon tennis referee schedule? No, Thanks. that's hasn't come across three, my desk. That's from the 314. No. Fellas, for me, the show that changed my appetite for sports media the most was the best damn sports show. Shows where guys are sitting around, talking, debating athletes, spoke to me because that's what me and the fellas do all the time. Barbershop talk doesn't always have to be right. Educated opinions... And it's just another situation where the text breaks up, and I apologize, but you get the idea. Yeah, I remember that show. I guess early two thousands.
0: Yeah, I remember it. I would watch sports. Chris Rose,
1: Rob Dibble, Tom Arnold. Those are names that pop yeah. out to me on
0: that show. I just like remember missing, seeing it. Uh, God, John Sally. I was so young when it was on that, like I remember I couldn't say the best damn sports show. Period. Or oh, you'd be scolded. Yeah, yeah. I was that. I mean, it was like I was probably seven or eight. So yeah. I had to say, like, best darn sports show period. I never, I never watched it. It was on, like, late, hey, Mom, I feel like. Mom, it's
1: me, Piddles. Can right. I watch the best darn sports show? I no. want to see what, what Rob Dibbles has to
0: say to me, Piddles. <laughs> I was too busy with uh, this elite sports centers, like Stan Verrett and uh, Neil Everett. just rock solid. Stuart Scott still on there? May hey, you rest in peace? Hold on a second.
1: And I know we I know we've been late for a break oh, since before yeah. we started the segment. A minute thirty would have been. But you time. consider the elite sports centers, the ones with Neil Everett and Stan Verrett? Yes. Oh I really, my God. Those
0: were great. Oh my God. People my age will agree. No, they won't. I don't think.
1: I think they will. Those were good. Neil Everett, he, so he, all he does is just like scream. Yeah. There's oh. a home run. I mean, I, any ass can do that. I liked it. Then John Anderson, Mizzou grad. I know he went to Missouri, and I appreciate that. But I, but I think when people think of the great sports centers, they're not going, oh, yeah, Neil Everett and Stan Verrett. I always They go, them. Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann and I yes, was Stuart too Scott young for and that. Rich Eisen. I know. But I mean, the point is, you know, it's like he became a Rams fan in 2006. I did. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the Rams and their receivers. And I'm going, oh, talk about Bruce or Holt. No, Drew Bennett. You know, that's what you just did with SportsCenter.
0: Stuart Scott, would still S- Stuart Scott and Scott Van Pelt, they were kind of paired. Yes, together. I
1: get that, but that's not who you said. You said you know, Stan Verrett. I liked that. I got a break. I'm sure I have to. Break. We might already it might already be 11:30 for all I know. <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh, uh, we to got break. a break. It's balloon party.
2: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101. ESPN.
1: Jackson, we gotta go. You got tickets, bro? Yeah, I got tickets. All right. Let me hear it, Stan Verrett. Let me heal it, Albert.
0: (laughs) The winner sent this in. Tim, I oft enjoy watching my sports nightly at 6.20 p.m. whilst devouring my hungry man on the Davenport. That's our winner. That's, that's our winner. He also—I
1: would imagine—that's a gentleman, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, it's a gentleman. And if I need to issue apology for that, I'll do that tomorrow. His name is Joe. In addition Joe... to my Jim Everett apology, right?
0: Yeah, ratioed. Um, uh, Joe. Joe's win. Joe's the winner. So you just made that up? No, no. Writer. Yeah. Affirm. Not affirmatively. Yeah, he gave me a thumbs usually,
1: up. Usually we get a we get a township. Joe and O'Fallon. Is
0: Uh, is it Joe and O'Fallon? Joe and O'Fallon. Is it really?
1: Oh, wow. I just guessed a township. You know, we have a lot of municipalities here to choose from. A couple, three, yeah. So I'm thrilled. All right, we got to go. I just know we do. I apologize for the time, management. We had a big day yesterday, and now uh, we're back on brand. (laughs) Uh, For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKern, and this has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
2: You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage.